we humans are capable of incredible things. There is a superhero inside all of us. Our greatest power is our authenticity. Superhuman is not something that needs to be obtained. It is the power within us that needs to be unlocked. Today, we have our first ever guest. He is a multi-passionate meditation guide and energy healer who helps conscious millennials on their own self-healing journey. He is here to help us remember our connection to source and fully embody who we are becoming. He's a dear friend of mine and former roommate, ladies and gentlemen, Akhtan Hassan. Everybody clap. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to our show. <laughs> Welcome. Happy How are you? to be here. Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. This is our first podcast and... You know, it just came out of the blue. I don't know. We got an art, one audience member right here. We got Addy the Baddie, Addy Christopher. Yeah. Give it up for Addy, everyone. Yeah, she's getting all the f footage and stuff like that and making sure that you don't say anything that's too personal that you don't want anybody to hear. <laughs> so she's here to ground us a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, she is. But anyways, um, you know, my listeners, they want to know who you are, right? So, Akhdan Hassan, you know, like... I know it's just fun fact. A lot of people have trouble saying it. So, like, how do you pronounce my your name? first name? Yeah. So my name is Arabic. It's Raghdan. Okay. Raghdan Hassan. Um, who I am? Let's see. Ooh. I am first of all a multi-passionate person. Um, I have an interest in learning something about everything. Mm. I think many of us are multi-passionate and we have this tendency to limit ourselves mm, because okay. of what we've been taught to believe that we're only meant to be one thing. I do my best again and again, day by day, to defy that. Mm. Um, just because of the fact that I know that I am infinite yeah. and I know that everyone else is infinite too and I um, seek to defy and unlearn and really reprogram myself mm. um, to embody new things, take ownership of new things, tap into new energies. Um, and so by saying that, I am a poet, mm -hmm. a writer. I am also an architect, Ooh, uh, a architect. designer, mm. um, graphic designer, brand designer. I've done websites. Um, and... Um, on this path of healing, I've become a meditation guide and an energy healer. Mm -hmm. And I am learning day by day who I am becoming more and more. Mm. Wow. That's quite an introduction. It's like you wrote it yourself. I, I, yeah, but <laughs> like it just came out fresh. So just to let you guys know, he did write his own introduction. <laughs> I, but um, the thing that fascinates me is that, you know, the whole idea of like multi... Um, Fascination or um, passionate, multi-passionate, you know, that's like at the core of, I think, you know, what this whole movement unlocking superhuman is about. Mm -hmm. I, I call it a different term. I have like a couple of terms. Like one is one of them is multi-dimensional, like Beautiful. being able to like jump from different dimensions, but still be like within that or even like the Renaissance man, like Leonardo yes. da Vinci and stuff like that. Cause that guy was just like, he did everything. True. So, and the whole idea of like, oh, you just got to focus on one thing and stuff. And, and an aspect is true, like focus is like definitely there. But like to limit yourself to just being this or that is like, yeah, 
and we have, our identity is just like so vast and stuff like that. Yeah, one hundred percent, totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And um, I hope that we're unlearning mm-hmm. to be limited by by our minds, by our thoughts, by our conditioning and yeah. programming, um, and really tap into all the multifaceted qualities that we yeah. have about us. Yeah. So the fact that you mentioned um, unlearning, like conditioning and stuff like that. So I'm curious. Like I know you were you're born in Syria, mm-hmm. and I think our audience members would like to know, like, how, how was that, you know? Yeah, I was being born in Syria. Um, it's definitely, it's so different from being, mm. from being here. Mm. I've only recently, relatively recently, moved to the U.S. and just noticing the difference in culture and expression and ethics and morals. Mm. Um, it was... I I actually, I really felt being born where I was, I really felt like I didn't belong mm-hmm. just because of, um, it's such a, it can feel like a very constrained mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah. They have a certain codes and ethics and uh, traditions that I just... Um, didn't really connect mm-hmm. with unfor- like not even unfortunately but at the time I used to really beat myself up about it that I mm-hmm. couldn't like really feel myself connected to my culture mm-hmm. um, but now I've learned that I think we over we over expect ourselves mm-hmm. to really be of one culture yeah. I think culture has has become such a powerful concept for so many people that's like oh, I need to fully be this, but mm. it's like we're, we're all human, essentially. Yeah. You know, we're just, we're just beings that are learning these things about mm. things. They're, they don't really define us. So I've really learned to disidentify um, with time of being. I still identify as Syrian because it's something mm. I'm proud of, but not to the... I identify more as just a being of, mm. of life or of... Mm. Yeah, an extension of source. Um, And it was hard. I think when you grow up, I've always been a little different than everyone. Um, And growing up in that society was uh, challenging because um, there's a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. and um, can be, um, you know, honor and reputation is a huge uh, component of Arab culture. Mm And specifically Syrian culture. I was born actually into a, a primarily secretive um, kind of religion. Yeah. Um, that has more recently than its entire history come to shed light on its beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's into a religion that's called Druze. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this religion, it's quite secretive, as I mentioned, but also people only affiliate with themselves. Yeah. So like everyone in the city that I was born in is primarily Druze. Mm-hmm. Pe- Druze have to marry Druze. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very much about keeping the blood within. Yeah. And so um, just a lot of um, challenging mindsets and belief systems that I had to challenge mm-hmm. um, and really uh, recognize simply as thoughts, as, as beliefs. Mm. But yeah. Wow, okay. 
Honestly, well, no, yeah. I'm sure that's not like your whole story, but like no, a, definitely not. Yeah, that take like forever, just like uh, like Addy over. <laughs> she has a <laughs> maybe one day she'll be on this podcast, but yeah, why not? But yeah, um, yeah, I think um, you know, growing up in a because I'm an immigrant too, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was born in the Philippines, and it's always a culture shock, you know, coming to a different like just place, and I've also like traveled quite a bunch when I was like in the service, you know. Mm-hmm seen so many different cultures and you're right you know it's not we're not just one culture anymore especially when you're exposed to just so many you become more identified with just being part of the human race yes like in a way like because i lived in korea for like a year Mm -hmm. i lived in italy and for two years and and in my heart in my mind i'm like oh i'm like i feel like i'm italian right i feel like i'm korean just because i experienced that that energy and that culture and a lot of the things that they would like their cultural norms. I'm like, oh wow, like I, I could identify with it just because I was exposed to it, you know? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Like that. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, okay, but that I just wanted to like felt something like there's this um, present unity consciousness. Yeah. Which is, I think, to some people who like, for example, I don't know how it is in the Philippines, but in Syria, the fact that I maybe don't say that I identify as yeah. Syrian so closely is like deeply offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but to people like you and I yeah. who understand that consciousness is infinite and mm-hmm. we're more than just these ideas that we have about yeah. Earth, these social constructs, mm-hmm. uh, we are just united yeah. as one. So I can yeah. understand and mm-hmm. resonate. Yeah, and one of the the hard things too was like. Oh, just this past year, I, I came more to appreciate like my roots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just because you know I was exposed to so much, I'm like, do I really feel like I'm? But I I came home one day, you know, and I was like, you know, I I, I do enjoy like being like from the Philippines or being part of this um, community that we have like in in the middle of California, and it's like something in me was like, because. All these things about us, we like, we really do have to appreciate. Like, no matter like what, like our root is like our root. Yeah. That's, that's not going to change. And true, just accepting it and embracing it like allows you to even grow further. Yes, you know, in the branches and stuff like that. Beautiful. Yeah, the foundation mm-hmm. of what we are and so many of our core memories. Yeah, for sure. But so I'm interested because um, I know you, you know, went through all this like being from the the Arab world mm-hmm. and you mentioned briefly before that you wanted to help like like this part of the world like grow consciously right mm-hmm. um do you how do I frame this um like how do you see that going like because I, I saw you posting on Instagram about like um something about like Arab women and being free and stuff like that right like, yes is that like the fact that it's growing to something like that like how do you it's just an open-ended question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I understand where you're going with it. Um, yeah, it's more of a... You know, I think earlier when we were on our way here, we spoke about how so much of our purpose is hidden within our wounds. Yeah. Um, and I think people who are spiritually connected, they have this deep inner knowing of their purpose mm-hmm. or what they're here to serve or what they're here to teach or what they're here to learn even and share in that learning. Um, but we we hide from it yeah. because going on that path, mm. it's the most difficult path, but it's also the most rewarding. And so 
you know, as a child, I um, I used to be aware of my thoughts, mm-hmm. and I would used to under like see my judgments as judgments, and I think like this thought isn't mine. Like mm-hmm. I I know it's so true to me, yeah. but I feel like it's not truly who I am. Like it's something that I've picked up. Um, and it wasn't until many years later um, when I started uh, an energy healing modality known as mm-hmm. Theta Healing that I understood what this is. And these yeah. are just belief systems that we pick up. But in that process as a child, I always felt like I need to create shifts in the culture that yeah. I was born into and recognizing that I was born into this specific family, mm. into this specific culture, into this specific age for a reason. Yeah. And this reason comes with purpose. And I felt like my purpose was to give back mm. to the Arab culture in an attempt to raise consciousness yeah. there. And this is something that I deeply resisted. Yeah. Um even in like my own language, mm-hmm. like I remember growing up as a child and resisting my own mother tongue, which mm-hmm. is Arabic, learning it so learning English more deeply mm-hmm. because I just resisted my own culture. And it's often the things that we resist yeah. which have the greatest teachings for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've learned that. I wanted, you know, there was a phase as well where I'm like, oh, I want to be like a world-recognized spiritual teacher. But then I realized that's just ego. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I want to accomplish, I want to make whatever, I want to be seen, I want to be heard. But really what, where my true purpose lies is simply on focusing, even if I impact one person, but focusing on those who I can understand and Mm -hmm. empathize with. I was born into a society that is very judgmental, that is very shameful, that is very um, associates guilt with everything, that mm. shames you on sin, and just yeah. like really in so many ways, just so far from what it's truly about, mm-hmm. that I've realized there have I am one of those souls that has incarnated here in order for me to create shifts mm-hmm. in this. Um, paradigm or in this um, part of the world exactly exactly and i feel like similarly you know i can see that in you Mm -hmm. in the way the philippines i can see that in adi and like what she's gonna create shifts in and it's amazing because it's so clear Mm -hmm. and yet we intentionally blur it out or when we see it we're like no 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 i'm not ready for this Mm -hmm. or like i'm gonna resist this but we've always known i think Mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, I think it's um, I'm I'm finally accepting my mission, mm-hmm. the mission that I feel like I've come here to yeah. really partake in and recognizing I have work to do, mm-hmm. you wow. know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I could really um, align with that just because like I had a like a vision in my head about like, mm-hmm. how the whole entertainment industry is going to change. Like even Hollywood, I see a bigger shift in just world like multi-cultured like actors on the screen like playing like every role imaginable you know and i don't want to say sound like i'm making hollywood like sound like they're racist or whatnot but like obviously like a lot of the lead roles are like predominantly you know white male or the american looking 
Mm-hmm. There's not really a lot of like you know representation from from brown people, you know, Asians or yeah and whatnot. But I I do predict that like this next coming decade, there's just gonna be an influx of people would want to see like what's actually reflected like in the actual world, and mm-hmm. not this image of somebody that looks a certain way and that everybody like strives to look that way. Right. Yeah, because I remember you did mention before like when you first came to America. I don't know if you want to mention this, but <laughs> you're like you're kind of like I want to make like American friends and right, yes. But you ended up just making just like friend, like you know, it stopped becoming yeah. And I yeah, because I think America does that to you. Mm. I think so many people in my part of the world. I don't know how it is, but I, I'm almost sure it happened everywhere in the world. They see America mm. in this light and um obviously that's bec- and that's intentional like yeah. that's literally what hollywood was made for um to create an image and marketing mm-hmm. um and you know obviously hollywood is run by white people mm. um and so they make um white people the um kind of the object of desire and so like we i i've i've personally feel like I've been also conditioned to perceive, mm. you know, naturally, uh, white people as more like in some form, um, whether it's like superior mm. or more intellectual or whatever, because that's just the, what I've yeah. been raised to believe as mm. a child. That's what I've seen through the screen. And so coming to America, I'm like, oh, I just want to make friends with Americans. And like in my mind, Americans are white people. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come here and I'm like, wait, these people aren't white. <laughs> like, they're just from different parts of the world. They're just from every side of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's true. Like you come to LA, and everybody is comes from a different like skin color, skin tone, culture, and totally. it's not just predominantly like one. I guess one race is like the majority. Like everybody is just so different. Like even the place where we lived at, you know, Haven. Yeah. Giving you guys free marketing, right? <laughs> <laughs> like everybody was like from all over the place. True. You know, it wasn't just like one thing, but. The fact that um, Hollywood portrays just a certain type of people like to be desirable, I think it affects like mm-hmm. people's perception of the world or even their self-esteem. For sure. For me, like for the longest time, I'm like, I want to look like that. Maybe oh, once yeah. I look like that, I'll be desirable. But it's only like just been recent where I'm like, I, I'm proud of the fact that I'm this way and yes. I grew up this way and stuff like that. So Beautiful. Yeah. It's very present in... All cultures, um, I think they refer to it as like whitewashing. Um, <laughs> like we're not being racist here. No, we? <laughs> we're not <laughs> being racist. We're being observant. <laughs> um, but yeah, like hair. Yeah. Hair is such a big thing. Uh, recently, I was reading an article about Egyptians, mm-hmm. um, and in a very similar way, they're descendants of like Africans. Yeah. Um, but also of, I don't know, some people, some Egyptians would be triggered by that, but. Basically, they have uh, very curly hair, mm-hmm. and it's very beautiful, and yet there's such a huge percentage of them that kind of, like, styles it in a way yeah. where it's, like, soft. Oh. And that's just because peop- we've been taught to believe that hair that is wavy or yeah. flat or in a very similar way to what we see on TV yeah. is more desirable. Yeah. And so people literally start to change the way their hair is mm-hmm. or, like, dyeing their hair blonde. Yeah in order for them to feel more appealing to themselves mm. and to others. Um, but that's just our learning into love, yeah. guiding us ourselves. Yeah, love. and the thing about, like, 
always seeing like certain images. So recently, I've uh, changed my screen on my phone to just black and white. Yeah, I saw that. And because I've done it before, but I've, just because um, I'm doing like a program right, right now where I'm mm-hmm. rebooting my mind, um, it helps. Yeah. And if I look at Instagram, it's just yeah. black and white. Yeah. So it's like I'm not as addicted to the phone, stuff like that. But the thing I started noticing mm-hmm. is like my programming for how I see beauty changed. Like I wow. would go to Walmart and I would just like see like random women, you know, like before, like I wouldn't be like attracted to them, but I'm like, oh, they're beautiful. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have any makeup on, but they're just like, it was just like a natural beauty. And right. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like my, my eyes like are now trained not to like, or my mind was not trained to, I guess, be like so superficial and wanting to need a certain image like in real life. That's so yeah. interesting. Well, by removing the saturation on your phone, yeah. your experience became more saturated. Yeah, and That's the weird. The weird thing is like, like I'll often like I'll tr- change it back if I'm gonna post like an Instagram. You want to see color. how it looks for sure. And it's like, I turn it on. And I'm like, these colors are just like so vivid on the phone. It's yeah. like It's just so like addicting. It's like, oof, like my eyes can't even yeah. handle it because just like, but once I you know stop like putting color on my phone. Like, I don't, I hardly notice it now, but, like, at the beginning, like, everything just, like, in normal life became, like, HD. You yeah. Know? Became 4K Ultra HD. I'm just, like, that looks, like, brighter than it did before. Like, my eyes were desensitized, you know? That's amazing. So, just, like, it's one of those things where you're, like, what else have we been, like, kind of brainwashed to like, exactly. start believing, right? Exactly. Like, how deep does my conditioning go that I may not even be aware of it? Yeah. Is every thought I have some form of subliminal programming? And yeah. A lot of the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, let's shift this, um, this, this, uh, this conversation to, I wanted to ask. So mm-hmm. um, you say you're a healer mm-hmm. and I know you, I've heard this story like once and I thought it was just like, so remarkable but like tell us like how did you like get into healing theta healing and right how did you believe in like the power of it yeah um hmm it's obviously a long story um but so i used to before my self-healing journey um i went through uh Usually what we speak about, you know, a lot of kind of, I think it's more like Catholic biblical texts speak of the dark night of the soul, like having a certain experience that results in a deeper, more refined spiritual experience or spiritual spiritual realization. Um, And I'm going to skip the very start of, you know, feeling this struggling with emotions of guilt and shame and depression and all that crap. And I'm going to get to really the highlight of it where I was going on a trip with my best friend to Zanzibar, Madagascar. Um, And in Zanzibar, we basically decided to go on a skiing trip. And forgive me, not a ski, a snorkeling trip. And um, one day I was just snorkeling. Uh, We had taken a three-day package. And on one of those days... um, snorkeling in the, in the ocean, um, saw this beautiful yellow fish, 
And I just remember following it. Mm. And I made this like, Ooh. yeah, com- I committed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to follow this fish home. Like wherever she lives, I'm going. And so I followed this fish all the way to these um, really rough, edgy. And I started noticing like the rock formation started to get closer to my body. And I started like being able to like almost like step on it, but also like keep walking. And I didn't notice where it was going, but all I had in mind, I was like, I'm going to follow this glowing yellow fish. And all of a sudden, I didn't realize this, but like I put my head out of the water just to see where I was. And out of nowhere, I just see this like baby like speedboat mm-hmm. coming in my direction, like literally heading in my direction. And he hadn't seen me. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I don't know if I felt the vibration of the water, but something told me to look up. And I just freak out the moment that I see it. And my obviously my immediate, uh, you know, take action, adrenaline kicks in. And I just start to move to the left. But I realize that I won't make it in time. And I realize that if this speedboat is going gonna, is gonna to come so close to me, the water it's going to generate from the back yeah. is going to push me against these rocks and it's mm-hmm. going to really hurt me. So I decided to grab onto this coral, this mm-hmm. like vertical piece of coral that I found. And I placed my left hand on it and held onto it. And the moment I did do that, because it was like wet and slippery, yeah. my hands slipped uh, against this piece of vertical coral Mm. and I basically sliced my Mm. finger Mm. two of my fingers um and it just literally half of my finger fell off like Mm. I could feel not like fell off my body but like a great it was like leaning to one side and I could see my bone uh and it was uh I I couldn't believe it but I also like didn't feel pain in that moment Mm. because you're still in shock um and I, in that situation, I just like still in shock. I'm like, my finger is bleeding and I just start to see all around me this like pool of blood. Um, I don't know if we want it to be this graphic. Know, it's, <laughs> but that's like what makes it. Yeah, it was, it was traumatizing to be yeah. very honest. And at that time I was just like low-key hyperventilating and panicking um, and like swimming back to the boat and I remember like swimming and all I can see is like blood around me. Mm. Like am I, the water is being filled with blood. And in the time I was sort of thinking about sharks and I'm like, what, you know, what the fuck? Can I curse here? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Speak your mind. <laughs> so I was like creepy, freaking out. And I get to the boat and my best friend who had traveled with me gets back to the boat too because he noticed there was something wrong. And I'm freaking out. And then we're like, we need to get back to shore. And uh, we had to get everyone back into the boat and they just wrapped something around me. And like they said that the closest hospital was four hours away. Mm. And that when I heard that, I started because I know like I was bleeding Mm. so heavily, like the moment they put the towel around my hand, it became red in a matter Mm. of like, you know, like 10 seconds. Like it was Mm. just like pouring out. Um, And so... in that there was one hour boat ride to get to land and then uh, supposedly three hours to get to the closest hospital um and by the time that i started moving from boat to to the to the car uh, i already started like losing consciousness mm-hmm. like i could mm-hmm. start to see myself like fading in and out and my best friend uh Hayan, who passed away last year god bless his soul 
but uh, was like literally slapping me awake. Um, and we're in the car and I'm totally feeling like I'm losing it. And he's constantly hitting me, shouting, yelling, stay awake, stay awake. And uh, in that moment, I really felt like, yo, is this really it? <laughs> like, was it that fish? Yeah. Like, was this the yeah. this is that moment? Um, and for a few seconds, I did uh, pass out. And I remember like coming in and out. Um, and then they decided that they're not going to take me to hospital. They're going to take me to a veterinary clinic because mm-hmm. oh. it was the closest mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and this is like Zanzibar. Yeah. Like this is, there's no electricity in a lot of places. Like it's basically all farmland. Mm-hmm. We get to this veterinary clinic and it's literally like white bricks, like yeah. built small building that you can still see people who built it like there's like a line of all these um, mothers with their children and it was difficult to see. Um, and like there was a big line um, and that yet they like let me go forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I get in and the doctor is like very calm and like confused. He's like, where's your animal? Like, no, we need you to work on the sky. And he's like, I haven't worked on men in a very long time. And <laughs> it was like a long story. And I'm like, this is not a great place to be for me right now. And we get in and um, this was actually crazy. He was saying, um, he, f- he first started like, getting the stitches. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, give me a, mm. what's it called? Anastasia. Yeah, Anastasia. Thank you. And then he goes like, oh, no, that's too expensive. We can't <laughs> waste that. Like, what are you saying? And then I'm like, no, 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 I need you. To, I'm not going to, you need to fix this, but I can't imagine you doing this. And then I'm like, how expensive is it? And then he would literally said it's $12. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that to me was baffling. Yeah. Like just the difference. Yeah, and economic wise. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in him it was like complete, and I'm like, Oh, okay. And I wanted to respect him, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, can, I can pay that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, please. So then he did end up giving it to me. Um, unfortunately, ended up wearing off, like, literally five minutes in. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was very old. Yeah. Um, but he begins stitching. And unfortunately, this is what I learned later, he used old stitches mm-hmm. that were like from the 1990s. They were black and thick. Yeah. They were actually for a cow yeah. is what I found because he didn't have human stitches. Mm-hmm. So like after that whole process was done, which was extremely painful, um, and then fast forward, I'm literally on a flight, an emergency flight back to Dubai mm-hmm. in order for me to actually get surgery. Yeah. Um, he had done bless his heart he was a good man but he had done a terrible job Mm. uh, and he had stitched my uh, finger to my nail and he also um, the stitches that he used just really created so much damage yeah Um, and I remember when I got to the emergency room when I showed the doctor my hand and I had taken it off his eyes just like Mm. like he like really expanded and that scared me so mm-hmm. much to see that this man who I'm supposed to trust mm-hmm. is like scared of my hand. And my brother who had picked me up from the airport was in the room. And when he saw my hand, he literally, I'm not even exaggerating, took two steps back and fainted. Mm. And 
the nurses that were around me for my ended up like lifting him, taking him into mm. a, on a on a bed and taking him to his own room. Mm. Of course, he gets all the attention <laughs> always. Like he needs all the attention 100% of the time. <laughs> so he gets his own room. There's no nurses, and I'm like talking to this doctor. I'm like, what? Can you not look at it that way? Um, and he's like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it's mm. not good. Then like literally, we're talking months of. Mm. Serious, like not like two months of like proper depression. Like I'm an architect, I'm a yeah. designer. I need my hands. Two of my fingers were broken. Um, I couldn't feel them. I couldn't like completely close my hand. Like it was, mm. I could just like do this basically. I had to take time off work, mm. and it just like created such a difficult time for me. Uh, thankfully now, mm. but um, at the time I was still I was in the process of like. I was to some degree fully rejecting of religion Mm -hmm. um, just because of like how I felt like I grew up. I didn't really appreciate how there was so much fear based Mm -hmm. in the religion that I grew up in. Um, But when this happened, I was completely like Mm -hmm. in denial. I'm like, if there was a God, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do this to someone. Um, And so I've gone, I had gone to plastic surgeons. Um, they didn't know how to fix it. Mm. They told me that I would never grow nails again. Um, they told me that um, you've damaged so many of the nerves that you may not be able to like really u- like use this hand in a very normal way. And uh, I started freaking out. Mm. Like I would go back home and cry for hours, pretend that I'm studying. I tell my parents that I'm studying and then go cry in my room and I'm like, how am I going to live? I'm going to, I'm going to be that person who's like handicapped for mm-hmm. the rest of their life. Um, and uh, it was terrible. And then a friend, um, I had gone off social media, whatever. And then a friend who I hadn't seen in five years, um, reaches out. Mm-hmm. I hadn't spoken to her in five years. And she goes like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm good. What are you, what is up? How are you doing? She's like, yeah, I'm good. I um, I don't know. I thought I should check in, and I don't know. I should. I just. I've recently completed my teacher training in theta healing, which is like an energy healing modality. Mm-hmm. Something's telling me to like reach out to you and ask you if you'd like to come take this class. Mm. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> She's like, really? Are you sure? Because I really feel like you'd like it. And I'm like, no, I don't really believe in energy mm. or whatever that crap is. Like, <laughs> I'm good. She's like, okay, well, it's on. Fr- it's this Friday. If you want to come, I'm going to give you a discount. And if you want to be there, just mm. come. And I spent three days. Like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I'm yeah. not, not going to fucking go with this thing. Like, stupid um, energy and God <laughs> and whatnot. And then... Um, I think I had plans for that weekend that mm. coincidentally just canceled themselves. And um, she had sent me an email at mm. the end and she was saying like, uh, can you, are you sure you don't want to come? I decided to go. Mm. And this whole modality is all about tapping into our divine truth mm. of who we are and connecting to a higher source. Mm. And from that source, channeling energy, wisdom, messages you know energy healing uh, identifying limiting belief transforming them into empowering ones and it was all very very new to me Mm. um 
And I was in complete denial for the three days that that class was in. Um, complete denial. And, you know, by the third day, I was more accepting of it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until, like, at the end of each class, she would say, okay, we're just going to take a few seconds and we're going to send a group healing to mm-hmm. Raghdan and his mm-hmm. hand. And uh, they did that for the three days of the course. And she asked me to, every night before mm-hmm. I sleep and every morning when I wake up, to continue to send energy mm-hmm. to that part of my hand and to visually reconstruct it yeah. in my mind, mm-hmm. to reconstruct the bones, to retap into the skin, see it like the pores kind of clean up, and just sleep with a vision of my hand completely healed. Mm-hmm. And um, in this time my whole hand was wrapped throughout this whole process because I was supposedly, it was like he had put these things that I was supposed to take off in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the six weeks, I d- hadn't seen my hand. Yeah. And um, on th- when the six weeks completed, I went back to the plastic surgeon, still, you know, was feeling better mm-hmm. because of obviously the energy healing and, mm-hmm. you know, meditating and yeah. doing all these things. And when he took my uh, the, the 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 thing off, I hadn't seen it because I didn't want to look. I yeah. kind of like was revolted by myself, yeah. to be very honest. And he was like, "What?" Mm. He was like confused, and he was looking at it. He's like, "What?" He kept saying like he kept. He was like paused, and then I looked at it, mm. and I could see my nails again. Yeah. And I could see my scar mm-hmm. had healed. Mm-hmm. And I could see this bone structure had fixed itself. Yeah, like your hand was completely... My hand gone. was literally... Like my structure of my bones was realigning. Mm-hmm. And when he had taken off the piece that held my fingers together yeah. and he asked me to close my hand, I could f- more or less, to some degree, fully close my hand. Yeah. Like I was a little bit off, but there was no way that yeah. I could possibly do that before. And he actually confronted me and he's like, what plastic surgeon did you go yeah. to other than me? Like, are you joking with me? Yeah, <laughs> like, what is this punk? Like, I don't understand. And he was con- so confused. And I was like, I didn't go anywhere. Um, except inside. Except inside, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was when I realized that, and I realized mm. the power we have in yeah. our own minds, in our spirit, in our connection to something that's greater than us, which is within us mm. and of us. I realized that this needs to be shared with yeah. the world. And the moment you identify something and mm. you start searching for it, you realize that you're not the only one. Yeah. That there's thousands of people that have experienced mm. miracles mm. that, you know, we identify as something that is a miracle. Yeah. Like, it's a miracle healing, but really, if it's so possible that anyone can do yeah. it, then it's just part of the miracle of life. Mm. It's just part of our skill set as like exactly, human beings. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And it's part of our uh, abilities, mm. um, one of our many abilities. And yeah. so I learned that, and I was like, I need to share this with mm. the world, and I need to dive into it. And yeah. That's how I started the, the healing journey. Mm. I, I started taking courses and more courses, and you know, the several Theta Healing uh, classes and Reiki and Light Key Frequencies mm. and Divine Self Embodiment and became a practitioner in all of these. And 
it was um, uh, truly mm. a life-changing yeah. experience. Like, I imagine, because, like, even that changed my life when you, the first time you told it. Yeah. It was just, like, we were in the atrium of, mm-hmm. of Haven again. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing. And I was like, wow, like, this thing is just so powerful. And I think that's kind of what planted the seed for this whole unlocking superhuman thing, like, to be honest. Wow. I did. I was like, if, you know, like, if you could do that, like, what else is possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just being able to tap, like, what else? Because even that, like, a couple of years ago, you'd tell somebody, like, nah, you're exactly. freaking lying. Like, get, get out. Yeah, no way. <laughs> but now, like, seeing, like, just everybody, like, doing, like, these little miracles, like, what else, you know? Because think about it, like, with technology, there's, it's adapting, like, so fast, right? But what about the technology, like, inside? Yeah, that knowledge aside, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be wrapped. Like we're gonna learn so much of what we could actually do with our our bodies and with our minds. And to that extent, I think even me saying like I think we're gonna do stuff like learn how to fly, walk on water, like stuff like you see in scripture. You know, just like maybe that isn't just like a fairy tale or like a a metaphor. Maybe they actually did that stuff back in the day just because they knew how. You know, exactly. And just relearning that inner technology. And I love that you say that because, excuse me, they, what we've been taught is that there are only a select few prophets mm. and only those prophets are capable of doing divine miracles. Yeah. But really we're all prophets yeah. and we're all capable of these things. We've just forgotten mm. And we've been taught to believe that we are limited from a very young age. And not just us on a core level, Mm. but we're talking generationally, like hundreds and, well, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of people telling us that we're limited to the point. And also the, you know, the shit that we eat, the shit that we drink, the, our pineal gland Mm. at the top of our crown chakra, which connects us to divine and source and really establishes that connection to the higher realms thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago was the size of a golf ball. And today, because of fluoride and because of so much of the stuff that we eat and because of us denying our own abilities, it's the size of a rice grain. Like that within itself has just proven how evolutionary Mm. we've we've reduced our own capabilities. Mm. And that's what we are returning to yeah. remembering what mm-hmm. we are remembering what we're capable of because yeah. if i if i do recall like in a lot of uh scriptures throughout like many like religions like there's this idea of the the fall of man or whatnot and i think that has to do with us like forgetting like our abilities and stuff like that and it's us now like relearning because even even jesus is like yeah you could be like me like yeah like exactly <laughs> like he literally said that you could be like me like you're God. Yeah, Come exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's not just a, a fairy tale anymore, you know? Like, yeah. Like, everybody, like, so many people are doing just, like, remarkable things. Exactly. You never even think of. And even just with digital technology, like, that's an iPhone, you know? What is that? <laughs> like, it's yeah. a screen of somebody, like, a million miles away, and you're talking to them instantly. Yeah. Right? If you had that 100 years ago, they think you're crazy, like, you're so true. Right. That's very so. true. And at the rate things are expanding now, like uh, things are just gonna keep accelerating, and I think we're headed towards like a like a spiritual revolution, you know, yeah, like internal revolution, sure. right? But 100%. but something that I wanted to 
there's a lot of the, the aspects of unlocking superhuman is like tying in these superhuman abilities to like overcoming like our own internal like demons and stuff like that. Like saying like in like superheroes, it's like an allegory of like overcoming the ego, you know, like mm-hmm. the super villains are really inside our minds. Yes. So as you were like healing like your hand, did you, did that also correlate like with you healing like certain aspects of yourself? For sure. I mean, when we start the process of healing, I think we often experience a great deal of resistance and a great deal of doubt. And I didn't really, I mean, in that situation, I only believed because I really felt like I had no hope other than yeah. to believe. Mm-hmm. So that really helped me. I've also been, I've always been a very creative person. Yeah. I could really imagine movies in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to you know, dive into like storytelling and and, and directing because I could play out certain scenes in my head. So visualizing, which is an incredible tool because our imagination is actually our greatest tool that we have. We think it's just like, oh, I'm just putting images together and seeing things. No, like our third eye, which Mm -hmm. taps into our imagination is the magic we utilize to create everything and everything. Yeah. You know, in Theta Healing, in one of the classes called uh, Rainbow Children, they teach us how to move things with our mind. Yeah. Uh, how to move a pencil mm-hmm. is how it starts. How to move a fan. So like one of the blades of the fan has to move one mm-hmm. side and then they teach us to stop it. Did they actually move? And then teach, go to the other side. So I haven't taken the class yeah. yet. I plan to. But I have had, yeah, <laughs> and you should, and you should because it's possible. Yeah. There's actually a way. Yeah. There's a there's a way because you're communicating with a different uh, level, state of consciousness, a yeah. different plane of consciousness, which is like the first plane. You're com- you're communicating with like a solid object. Yeah. So it's a form of mineral, and when you're communicating with a mineral mm-hmm. or with like a lower con- state of consciousness, you a need to first of all ask for its permission. Oh just like you do with a plant, yeah. just like with you do with water, because it's its own state of consciousness. And second of all, beyond that, you have to command it mm-hmm. to move. So you ask, you gain permission, but then you command for it to move. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think we don't realize the reason why we command things, like even when I'm doing an energy healing session mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing someone's, witnessing someone's healing, because it's yeah. not, the healing is never coming from the person, but through source, the con- just us witnessing that healing, we command something to be done mm-hmm. because we already state it in the present yeah. as if it's already complete. Mm-hmm. And so I don't allow for that speck of doubt. Mm-hmm. So in the process of healing myself, I started to realize the power I have within me yeah. simply by editing certain ways that I go about things. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, I started realizing so these like superheroes that yeah. we talk about, where did this idea of a superhero come mm-hmm. from? Because, yeah, it could just be imagination, yeah. but it very much could be someone's memory mm-hmm. of how things were yeah. thousands yeah. and thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years ago. And like we're told many different things yeah. about our ancient Egyptians and our Romans and our Greeks, but yeah. like... They had mythologies of gods Mm -hmm. and goddesses and certain capabilities that we now believe simply as like hearsay, but 
to some degree, I do believe that holds some truth. Yeah, definitely. And so really understanding, for me, the healing was, I'm no longer going to see my imagination as a tool just for fun. I'm still going to have fun with it because play is such an important aspect of life. But I'm going to use my visualization as an imagination as my superpower to make things happen for me, Mm -hmm. which is what manifesting is. Mm -hmm. When we manifest things, we're simply visualizing them as if they're happening in our reality from the perspective of our eyes in order to convince our mind that what is happening in my imagination is true. And your mind cannot tell the difference between something you're imagining and something that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so really that was probably the greatest learning Mm -hmm. I had through that process. Mm Wow, you just summed up like the <laughs> what unlocking superhuman is about. Because <laughs> that was a yeah, that was a, a like a concept in my mind. I'm like, like where do we get all these stories from? Because everything that we make up is based on some some form of truth. Mm-hmm. Even the idea of dragons. Why do so many cultures believe in dragons? Yes, like every single one has their form. Yeah, then every single one has their own mythology of like doing super. Every single one, everywhere you go, it's like. Yeah, these people are flying or like walking on water and stuff like that. So it's like, and the fact that we resonate with it so much, and it's like like super cute like hero movies like, even in in entertainment like they're the most like, they people make so much money off of it. Yeah, just because they they speak to a certain part of us that's like, not only is it entertaining but it's like something about it's true, you know. So, it's it is true. I mean, dragons are real. Yeah. They, we see them. We still see them today. Mm. They're just evolved in a different way. Yeah. But even dragons that could fly, mm. there's texts, there's imagery, yeah. there's drawings of them in like people from like the ancients would draw them on walls. Like yeah. thing, you know, there were dragons that were capable of, mm. of 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 flying, and now we're just told that it's something that's mythical. Yeah. Even like if you think about it, like runes, yeah, like Norse runes. A lot of um, healers and light workers still use runes today to tap into and receive messages Mm -hmm. and to tap into divine guidance, but also to develop healings. And even in today's shows and movies, whether Mm -hmm. it's Thor or like WandaVision or all these different shows, uh, they utilize Mm -hmm. runes um, to to speak about magic. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of actually what we see, whether it's in comics and books and movies, about all these superheroes or all these abilities, they've come from somewhere. Yeah. And they've come through memory. Mm-hmm. But we just don't necessarily remember that it's something that is true to us. Yeah. Something that we are capable of. And I think, and I, sorry, no, I don't think, I believe and know that there are so many people hiding mm. in the east oh, not by right. not by like force by choice yeah. um with capabilities yeah. i've had um a very close friend of mine and one of my greatest teachers tell me about the most incredible things that mm. so many people who've gone and stayed in um in like temples yeah. they're capable of of things by practicing meditation mm. You know, it's uh, it's really it's possible and incredible at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
speeches right now. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it's exciting. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, like you know, people with these, I guess, like powers, they hide by choice just because, you know, like I think the whole world isn't ready yet. Exactly. For that kind of possibility, and even if you do force it on them, I think because really, like, if our minds can't handle it, like, it'll go in into shock. Yeah, like, that's very true. Go shock and itself just commit its own suicide in some way if like there's some stimulus we can't handle like it'll just find a way to yeah so i think that's just a way for for them to protect like the minds of like exposing them to like just so much light you know yeah 100 percent. belief is everything yeah but i think now like a lot of these things are getting gaining traction because these past like three years like People know about yoga. It's like back in the days, like, yeah, what are you doing yoga for? But now it's like everybody's doing yoga. Everybody's like focusing on mental health and learning about meditation, which, which seven years ago when I was in high school, like I was probably the only one that I knew that meditated. Mm -hmm. And now it's like even people I grew up with are like, yeah, like I have a little meditation practice. It helps me and talk, tell me all about gratitude and stuff right. like that. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's cute. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really awesome. funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think there's going to be, like, a huge just just culture shift, but I know we, like, in L.A., we see mo most of it because a place like this, it's, like, everybody's, like, trying to come up with the new technologies and just mm -hmm. new, like, not fads, but new at the forefront of, like, how things are growing, I think. Yeah. But 100%. Yeah. It's definitely an energy center mm -hmm. being in a day. Um Yogananda was one of the first to bring yoga here to mm -hmm. Hollywood and yeah. the Pacific Palisades. So this space definitely holds a lot of energy and brings about a lot of shifts yeah. in people. I mean, look, it made us have this moment right here. Yeah, so. we're just getting podcast. And the fascinating thing, too, is like with making podcasts or even movies and stuff like that, the technology is there now that's affordable to where you yeah. could anybody could make like a big budget film like or a small budget film look like a big budget film yeah with today's technologies you just and i think that's the how things are gonna move towards like an entertainment it's gonna be not so much localized but to where people just normal people are just making their own content like yeah. quality content just like right across the board 100 percent. and a lot of the content's gonna be more accessible mm -hmm. and more educational i think too like yeah. entertainment and education like together. Yeah, and hopefully conscious. Yeah. All those like three. But and I see a lot of movies now, like in some way they, they are, you know, just like hidden yes. messages and and it's great thing about movies is like it hits your subconscious to you don't even know like you're being educated. Yes. Because you're just being so entertained and but you're learning a lesson about like this person's life and or even like a movie like Inception, like going into inside your like subconscious yeah. and like altering it, and other people like digging into your own subconscious. So you gotta mm -hmm. watch out for that and protect your own mind and stuff like that. just a, a topic for a different day. Yeah, <laughs> most, most definitely. But all right. so I think we've talked enough about that kind of stuff, and I'm just looking at my notes. And we talked about a lot of, but all right. So. I guess just like a little fun fact, right? So we both live in a co-living spot. And that was like my first ever. It's like a hostel, but like more upgraded, right? So like, I just wanted to know like, what's your 
experience. Uh, I guess like I tell people here like what your experience. If people don't know what that is, like what was it like? What is it like for you? Living in a community, co-living. Um, I mean, to me, it was life altering Mm -hmm. in a very positive way. Um, It's an intense experience because, and especially coming into it relatively, I would say, relatively, there's a higher state of consciousness. Like people are more conscious in that community specifically, not Mm -hmm. every community, but in this co-living, the original focus and goal was spiritual well-being mm. um and so going into that um kind of aligns with my beliefs and mm. in a similar way with yours and what's interesting about that is going into that with that mentality you start to realize that all of these people are just reflections of yourself yeah and they're really just reflecting back mirroring back your perceptions, mm. your beliefs, your potential triggers, yeah. your um, how it contradicts your conditioning. So to me, it was one of the greatest lessons mm. in, in my experience of life yeah. because you start to learn that that person who triggers me mm-hmm. is also my greatest teacher. Yeah. And um, that person who... You start to embody the role of the mentor yeah. and like the teacher, but in a similar way, you embody the role of the student mm-hmm. from the same person that you're yeah. mentoring. So it's just like a series of experiences you're having through different states of consciousness. Yeah. Like this, this person's consciousness is communicating with yours. And like what I really love, and I was thinking about that the other day, is that we've almost on a soul level, Mm. signed contracts Mm -hmm. to be in this space, in this specific time, Mm. for this specific period, with these specific souls, in order for us to kind of either like, just like merge with each other's vibration. Like some of us are teaching us the other something, the other people are just triggering us, the Mm. other people are, in the end, it's all like this process of us serving one another so it's definitely been an incredible experience we both live we live in a beautiful place with beautiful people and um i think yes naturally living with so many people in a in a community essence Mm -hmm. can be overwhelming for sure um but it's also like a a game Mm -hmm. like when you notice something, it's like you take the you know you take yeah. the samurai sword out of your belt and yeah. you're like fighting the dragon of like yeah. whatever's coming up for you in that moment. Like oh, I can I'm really triggered by this person who's mm. you know acting in this way or doing this thing constantly, and yeah. you're realizing it's all it's like a, a series of tools of self reflection mm. and introspection and self inquiry, and it's like what is it about this person? that is reflecting yeah. back a, something that I feel about myself that is creating tension. Mm. What is it about me that I'm projecting onto this person that I am getting a message to dive into? Yeah. You know, How can I use this experience for um, healing? Um, so it's been, it's been a tremendous 
tremendous life-changing experience. Um, Yeah, and, you know, I want to say, obviously, with its pros and cons, you know, you lose your sense of privacy, Mm -hmm. but you sleep in a pod, but you you gain a sense of... You kind of learn how to manage peace within mm-hmm. in some way like i don't know how, how that kind of makes sense to me but like there's just so much overwhelm mm-hmm. and potential for tension yeah. that i've really learned to um really become familiar and comfortable mm-hmm. with my breath to really calm myself yeah. down when i'm feeling mm-hmm. tension arise because of a certain experience mm-hmm. um so Although there's so much happening around you, you can see that from a perspective as this is actually a platform Mm. for me to dive inwards even more. Mm. Although you can't fucking get a space to meditate. It's like, it's (laughs) fucking tiring. People are singing over (laughs) in the background. Yeah, there's, yeah. Are you single? (laughs) Yeah, I'm calling you out. (laughs) (laughs) All love, all love. But yeah, you're right. And it's just, (laughs) it can can be a lot. It can be... um, definitely a lesson yeah 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 the same for me like um it's an experience that was one of its kind you know? for sure at the beginning it was just so like like everybody's like into what you're talking about like spirituality and stuff like that and it's right. just like you don't get this in most places it's like yeah back home nobody really talks about that kind of stuff but everybody here's like yeah it's universe and in that same way like you're with yeah. these Everybody's like, you know, quote unquote conscious in their right. own way. Yes. But then you still have a lesson to learn with that person that you thought was conscious. Exactly. You know? so just exactly. Like, Am I really conscious or is just. But after a while, I was just like, I'm just human. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is, you know, yeah, I moved out, you know, last month. I was there for six months and I came by to visit to do this podcast in LA and I only texted like really one person, like you. Like, right. Yeah, I'm coming coming down to record and I ended up seeing everybody that kind of like I guess like mattered, you know, or right. triggered me. Like there's like two people that were like I saw them, they saw me, but we didn't say hi just because right. you know the drama's still there. But it's just like crazy, like what were the odds, you know? It was just like yeah. that one time I was just parked outside, they come outside. Right. Right. So it's like we're all connected still and it's just like yeah. understanding that like everything Maybe not everything, but everything happens for a reason in some way. <laughs> for sure. Everything does happen for a reason. And it's just like, am I supposed to like be good with that person? It'll solve itself. But yeah. But um, a funny thing is that, you know, that one time I did the three days of like silence. Yes. Right? So when I was doing that whole thing, you know, like everybody just like around me and I'm not talking. But the crazy thing is like the people that did trigger me. I w- walked by them. I didn't feel triggered just because, like, I lost my ability to, like, I guess, talk. So, like, even if, like, a stimulus came, like, there's no, like, outlet for it in my action. So, it just kind of, yeah, it's like throwing a stone in the ocean. It's just mm-hmm. The ripple. And it was just, I'm the ocean. Like, yeah. it's a crazy thing. And it's, like, similar to how you're, like, finding the peace within you. And I know it's, like, it's a lot more harder for you just because you were the house daddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. And everybody goes, <laughs> everybody goes to you like, hey, can you help solve my problem? Yeah, for real though. Like, can you, because you're a healer, right? Because you have the space. 
you have so much space because you're like yeah. this healer guy. Everyone. And the, yeah, I mean, keep going. Yeah. It's like expectations for you are just like, he's like, God, you know. <laughs> what? So like he could like handle my shit and not be affected by it. But <laughs> the truth is, you know, like anytime you hear somebody's like, whatever, it's like, it's yeah, gonna, <laughs> it's going to get stuck on you. Somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and the, that's the thing. Like, you're so spot on. I don't know if you had anything else to say about that. <laughs> not. <laughs> There's, I mean, one major thing is like we're all in each other's energy fields. Yeah. And like, if you're in a bad mood and you come into my energy field, it's going to like, like it's going to blow against mine. And I have to, you have to keep your energy up constantly channeling a higher, like aligning with your highest vibration. And you're right about like, you know, something that I would love people back home to learn, Mm -hmm. um, is like the power in confrontation. Not in like a confrontation where it's like, I'm here to create hatred yeah. or spread some sort of, or like tap into my animosity, but like just owning your truth, yeah. like owning who, where you are, where you stand, really standing in your power and having a very conscious conversation over like, this bothers me. Yeah. Or like what you're doing here is creating something. And the thing is, there have been countless people that have come to me in my situation, whether it's because I'm the house daddy or what, or dad, sorry, <laughs> whether it's because I'm the house dad or whether it's because they feel like I can empathize yeah. or sympathize or like be a good listener mm-hmm. or maybe because they know what I do for like yeah. my, my, like for life. Um, and they're like, you know, can you go talk to that person about my problem? <laughs> and in the beginning, I tried to be like, okay so i would do that but then by the end of it i'm like no like go have this conversation yourself yeah um and uh yeah i mean it's i think that's really the the power in it people mm-hmm. realizing that in everything that i'm experiencing in every in life but speci- specifically in this house everything is an opportunity for a lesson yeah. for a teaching for a virtue mm-hmm. um like, for example, when you left, mm. you and I were very close. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, Marjorie's <laughs> fucking leaving. Like, you uh, know. I was kind of not hardly there, though. You? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was in the basement. You know? Right. <laughs> but you were, you were still there for, yeah. I mean, anyway. But, like, I took it as the lesson in, like, practicing non-attachment. Yeah. Because, like, nothing in life is ever forever. Everything dies or fades everything you know everything is ephemeral everything has a has an expiry date and um that was like a beautiful lesson Mm. because that's what i realized like there was this beautiful quote that's coming to me grief Mm. grief is praise yeah oh it's just admiration Mm. like i it's it's me just remembering how much I loved your company. Mm-hmm. And that's what grief is, that sadness, yeah. that anger, that frustration, that deep um, kind of sorrow mm-hmm. is just love in a different language. Yeah, and it's I just see. this like, I still, I, I, I loved having you around or having that individual around, but the fact that I'm losing them, mm-hmm. that's how I hold on to that memory of mm-hmm. that love. Yeah. And so it's like, there's just so many opportunities yeah. to use these experiences 
to really understand like what is this communicating to me yeah how is this serving me what is this teaching me um how am i perceiving this and like what's coming up for me in this situation like it's just like being put in this um this like uh, i don't know if it's a video game or yeah. as we said earlier like a simulation mm -hmm. but like just this like big ball of experience yeah. and seeing what comes up mm -hmm. really it's pretty amazing yeah. to be honest wow <laughs> yeah speechless again <laughs> but yeah it's like now there's a i read it somewhere it was like like everything's love like what do you mean even hatred yeah yeah it's just a different way of expressing love beautiful exactly just connection you know so it's like whatever your reaction to something is just love still just a reaction yeah. to the normal thing and i think that's beautiful to like really like allow yourself to like feel those emotions like grieving and sadness and happiness yeah. at the same time just because if you're not feeling one you know of those like you're actually blocking the experience of feeling everything else exactly i think i have this incredible friend and teacher um, her name is Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. She, um, <laughs> hey, she, Phoebe. hello, Phoebe. Um, she always tells me these amazing lessons. Um, can't wait for your book. But um, <laughs> she, uh, she would, she told me something recently. Um, and I asked her, and we were talking about grief. Um, and she said, sadness, for mm -hmm. example, is me communicating or me having the emotion or feeling you aren't loving me the way that I yeah. want to be loved. That's why I'm sad. Oh. Uh, or, or, or I'm not experiencing the love that I want to be loved, mm. and that's why I'm sad. Anger is that you are not loving me the way that I understand yeah. what love is. Mm. Um, and it's just like, it's so interesting because I was also doing some research about mm. that, and it was talking about like, energy blocks yeah. like that we like stagnant energy that we feel in our body is often love mm -hmm. but that's changed in our form yeah. like it's changed in its vibration and it's lower on the emotional vibrational mm -hmm. scale and has become sorrow or yeah. anger mm -hmm. or whatnot and it holds space in our body yeah but when we see it as love mm. and when we allow it to flow out of us and when we surrender to its message, to why it's mm. present, it just becomes love again. Yeah. And we return to ourselves. We return to that alignment and we can go rise up the vibration, emotional uh, vibrational scale mm. back to love, back to yeah. gratitude. And it's just, um, it's special. I'm not really sure how we got there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's always a free flow. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not even my questionnaire, but like, <laughs> yeah, like even like for me, like when I was in the service, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. hit on it too much, but you I was like, though. I was, <laughs> I was suffering like a lot. Yeah, like at the end, but um, I started just accepting, you know, like it was painful mm. <laughs> some days, but and it was kind of like the reason it's painful is because it's not supposed to be what you're doing, you know, and it just that was like the message, like. Like I just embrace like the feelings I had of like not being too happy, and it's just like you're right. Like I'm not supposed to be here. And mm. the moment like <laughs> I became a veteran, you know, like last year, like legit, like 12 months ago, like mm. I became free. That moment, I was like, wow. 
like I'm free. Mm-hmm. Like I just shifted and this whole journey of like transitioning back to civilian six months at home, then moving to LA yeah. six months and coming back and just like, okay, I'm like becoming more, I guess my authentic self. Yes. And if I didn't listen to the pain or if I just denied it and be like, I could tough it out, you know, I'm a tough guy. I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know? And yeah. So like a lot of those things that just like blockages is, it's a message for you. Like you got to do something about it. Exactly. You know? I love your um, your reflection on that. It's Thanks. exactly true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but all right. Um yeah, it's, we've been talking for about like an hour and have we? <laughs> More than that. When you're so having fun. I wanted to go to um another portion, um a live performance of Oh. Done. <laughs> no, he has that a, wasn't. He that has, was. has a poem for us. I do. I, yeah. I do. I just got to grab his phone. Where is my <laughs> phone? Oh, my <laughs> phone is recording. This is awkward. Well, I guess this is where the recording ends. Addy, may you do the honors? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Addy's still with us. Yeah. So, I don't know which poem he's going to do, but there was these talent shows that we did at Haven, mm-hmm. and we'd, we'd just play this. I'd play the same song on the guitar, <laughs> and he would just like say words to it, and it kind of came out pretty good. So, we're just going to wing it, see how we didn't practice this. No, we did not. I didn't even know I was doing this until yeah. like yeah, an hour ago. Okay. Let's see. Give which me poem? Which poem? He's going to look for a poem. He has a lot. I do have a lot. Um, there to be something that connects me to you. I wanted myself to smell like you. To make the people that meet you I 
I wanted a part of you always with me. The part that I remember the most. And that is... The way that you smell. you see, we make love quite differently. Like no one else does. We make love in secrecy. When our eyes meet, we make love in reverie. When we both speak, we make love habitually. love to you every time I caught a hint of your scent. I made love to you every time I understood what you meant. I made love to you every time without asking for consent. to me every time you laughed at my jokes you made love to me every time I found one of your notes you made love to me every time your gaze gave me hope and so I sit in stillness if this love that we shared would ever be enough. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. How was, how was it? Good, amazing. That's right? good. <laughs> Thank you for that, Marjan. It's beautifully played. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure everybody appreciated that live poem, that live presentation. So we're about to get to the, the last part of the the thing. Is just like the final question, right? So, oh, okay. Um, I just have one last question. So, what? Any major goals for this year? Wow. Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> As you know, I've been um, in the process of creating my course. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like, f I'd love and see that being complete. Mm -hmm. um, and I, um, I'd like to gain clarity on 
when it's time and when is the right appropriate time to really abandon my corporate job oh which is going to be a huge yeah, shift for me that is. Uh, energetically and on so many levels um and really step into this path of guidance and mentorship and supporting others on their own self-healing journey um as my main just mm. aspect of being and to yeah. like trust mm. and have faith mm. and surrender to yeah. to it because as much as I'd like to know and I, I don't know where it's going to go mm. and there's strangely comfort in the uncertainty yeah, and the not knowing. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I think that's... Um, that's one goal that I really want to mm. dive into. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, for, for me, I guess like this is like some advice, I guess. Like how long have you been at your corporate job? Like like five years, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to close in on five years. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, I was in the military for like six. Right. Right. And I had a, I think year four, there was like a crossroad, a fork mm-hmm. in the road is like, one way was like staying in and doing all this other like cool stuff or the other road was being here, you know? Yeah. Like going back to the real world. And I had a, I was fortunate, you know, I had a, my last two years, I got a different job in the military. That was Mm -hmm. just like an amazing like experience. Like everybody wanted to do it and people that were in it, they loved it. Like I I love that job, but it was like (laughs) the fact that it was a great job and I still was like feeling like, iffy about like being in the military in general but i was blessed with an experience of like being able to go to to the desert you know right for like a long period like two iterations like three months each within like a a nine month span like Mm -hmm. three months in the desert three months back home three months in desert during those times it was like i had so much like free time just to like really think about like all right so like what is it that i really want to do you know and came down to it that I really I loved you know like creating like art more than mm-hmm. I guess being a badass in the military or right. um, like trying to um be the certain person you know and that's ultimately I guess the decision that I made you know wow. and it came at the right time and mm-hmm. I'm sure like your time will come yeah hopefully not to a point where like you're suffering too much and you're just <laughs> like like just skipping work because that's what I did <laughs> I would skip work and I'd get called out on it I'm just like oh I didn't know <laughs> yeah <I> don't. <laughs> but, yeah but yeah that's I guess my advice for for that and Thank I think you. your, your time will come you'll, right. you'll know it Hopefully. I think it was to me in my perspective when I saw you going through all your your stuff with yeah the, the visa stuff on, I was like it's almost time <laughs> almost <laughs> amazing <everything. laughs> I love that so much yeah yeah Anyways, like, where where can we find you? All right, any uh, plug in plugins right here? Yeah, plugins. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would love for us to connect, dear listener, um, on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm at Ragdan Hassan, which is R A G H D A N H A S S A N, and we'll just take it from there. We'll have a chat and just see where the wind blows. Awesome. Right, what's that one quote? You got to say that one quote. About the wind. Uh, the one about the sailor? Yes. Um, 
Ooh. Um, what is it? So, uh, oh, God. <laughs> no, it's happening. It's on your course. <laughs> I know it's in my course. Um, is it soft? I can't remember the first word. And if I don't remember the first word, I'm not going to get the whole thing. Because there's so many about... Yeah. Is it the one about that it doesn't make a skilled sailor? Or adjusting sails. No. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Still nothing, friends. Still I'm, <laughs> not get, I'm not getting it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, think, I think I can finish You it. go for it. Um, matters not where the wind blows. It is how we adjust the sails. That's how there we <laughs> go. That's exactly... <laughs> that was perfect. That's what it is. I think that's how we're... So every podcast is going to end with like a, a quote. A quote, a beautiful. Quote, you know that you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully the person knows it. Yeah, hopefully it's not like nothing like this again. <laughs> but anyways, guys, everybody, thank you for listening. This is Ragdan Hassan. Thank at you. R A G D. You're fine. That was a fuck up. Hassan. We're fine. Yeah. Instagram. <laughs> you have a website too, don't you? Or you I do. I do. Uh, no, for sure. The Anna Project. Mm-hmm. Anna means I in pro- in Arabic. Yeah. And it's all about you realizing that you are the project mm-hmm. that you need to focus yeah. on. So T-H-E for the, and then Anna in Arabic is two, the number two, yeah. N-A, and then project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot com. Awesome. Well, listeners, viewers, you have all the information. Please check out Mr. Dan Hassan. <laughs> And thank you for joining <laughs> thank us. Thank you, Marjan. We will see you all again. See you guys. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Unlocking Superhuman podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at unlocking underscore superhuman. See you next time.